0: Cinephiles, audiophiles, ladies and germs, welcome to the Film Called podcast. Tonight, one of my favorite singers, member of the Dillinger escape plan, the Black Queen, Killer be killed, and the mastermind of federal prisoner, not to mention newly formed music video director, Greg Pucciato. Greg, how are things?
1: I'm good. Things are good in the, uh, the state of shit, you know.
0: Was well, it warm down there at least?
1: No, no, it's not... It's really cold. We're having like some crazy crunt down here. Uh, I mean, I say that as someone who you know lived on the East Coast for 27 years and has been to Guelph in January, you know, and uh, and, and and Moscow in January. That I'm talking about cold in relative terms, you know. To the, I'm talking about cold in the in the in the ways that people that live in Southern California tolerate or you know can tolerate temperatures, which is not very well but uh we've been in like the we we've been in like the low 40s a couple times lately which is kind of kind of nuts for for down here because you know you're sort of uh at that point you're only like 10 degrees away from from snow so maybe uh we might only be like a half a decade away from getting like you know the way things are going with climate change and whatnot you never know we might end up getting actual winter here before too long
0: well do you like california or is there somewhere else that you could see yourself going to at some point
1: i like everywhere man i, I mean that's why i keep I, I go on i like being on tour it's kind of i'm only here because this is where i live in between tour and when you leave poland in january and it's fucking freezing and it's there's eight you know you don't want to go somewhere you don't want to go back to somewhere freezing like that. that that's not the only reason like obviously look if you're doing this for a living and you take it seriously and you really want to be around most other people who are doing it for a living and taking it seriously. And you want to be able to have, you know, you want to live where your peers are. And like, if you're in country music, that means living in Nashville. If you're in theater, that means living in New York. And, you know, for most of uh, what I do, it means being out here. And most of my peers live out here. And that's really what it boils down to. I love I'm from Baltimore. I still love it there. Um, You know, in an ideal world, if I had more time, I would probably bounce back and forth between here and Baltimore. And I think that's what I will do, like, you know, on a medium timeline is I'll probably end up trying to split my time. But uh, right now it's like it's hard for me to get away from here just because of how much I how much I do and how much I have going on revolves around being out here when I'm not on tour. So,
0: Well, you mentioned tours and How much planning had you done for this solo and Killer Be Killed tour to promote these albums? Was there anything in the works early January, February before the world shut down?
1: Yeah, I had pretty much all of 2021 books uh, between multiple things, like between, you know, stuff and other things. Like I I was supposed to be out. I would have have imagined I was supposed to start in like the spring of this past year and or, or like, you know, late spring. The summer and then more or less end up probably going until the spring of 2022 and now obviously all that and that kept getting pushed back you know behind the summer and then it was like oh we're going to push everything back to the fall and now it's like you know now it's that then it was we're going to push everything back to the spring of 2021 and now it's like people are just kind of giving up and they're like hey you know don't book anything no one don't no, no one book anything until we know what's going on and then realistically i don't think anything's going to happen until the beginning of 2022 and in terms of actual touring there's there's probably going to be fly-ins you know you'll be able to fly in and do like a couple things like one-offs and and, uh, festivals or something but it's going to be really difficult to string together a tour the way you would be able to otherwise until every single place is back to full capacity venues um and now i don't you know they're not going to be able to roll out whatever, you know, vaccines happen, they're not going to be able to roll that out. They're not going to be able to manufacture them and distribute them fast enough to to get everyone sorted until the end of 20... Until we're all the way through 2021, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. So everyone's got to buckle down and hang on for a little while longer.
0: Well, I was talking to Jesse about this, and he was saying that you guys were really excited to go check out local acts and just hit up the strip and see what, like, new artists you guys could find. Are you still trying to find new music right now, even with live shows being put put to hold?
1: Um, not particularly. Uh, I mean, that was a big detriment. You know, Jesse and I, that, like like you said, that was like a big thing for Federal Prisoner would be, you know, just going to shows together and kind of let's check out this band. And, you know, oh, do you know who this band is that's opening this tour? You We got to check them out, you know, and just kind of put feelers out for things that we might want to try to, you know, put out a release or help out. And, uh, that you can't do that now, obviously without those shows, but I mean, we have our plates full, man. Like the, the label thing. I mean, I know what we're doing from now until like the summer. So we've already got like a pretty full plate coming up and it's like, there's not so much I can do. And I like, I wake up and I just work all day, every day. And like, between like the different bands that I'm doing and the collaborations that I can't even talk about behind the scenes and stuff that's happening. Thing that you know, because people only think about ter- in terms of things that already exist. So you know, before I have a solo thing, people think that it's you know I'm working on Killer Be Killed or Black Queen, and then it's like, oh, he's got a solo thing. So people now they're like, okay, he could be working on Killer Be Killed or Black Queen or the solo thing, and it's like, well, you know, there's because there's other shit that's happening that you don't even know about which there is so it's and you add that to the things that already do exist and you add that to the you know the federal prisoner thing and the fact that i'm involved in every single facet of every single thing that i'm involved in and it's like i don't have any fucking time man so we're already just on the federal prisoner front we're pretty loaded up between now and like late spring early summer so if uh, if something happens, to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going out. I'm not aggressively going out and trying to put more on my plate right now. If that You know what I mean?
0: Well, w- when you're finishing up an album, do you really just try to focus in on that? Or are you, like, trying to, like, write things here and there, and you don't really know where it's going to go, but are you still writing when, let's say, you're working on the pressing of your solo album?
1: No. Like, I have a pretty it, – it's hard for me to put into words, but I have a pretty good – way of like, you know, there's a like kind of like a bunch of stuff happening. And then I focus on one thing and I block out everything else and I get that thing done. And then I, I let it go completely. And then I go back to the kind of amorphous blob of stuff that's happening. And then I see what the next one, and I kind of look and see which one is coming the most into focus. And then I hone in on that one and I block all the other stuff out and then I repeat, you know, but uh, so I've kind of got like what I, in my mind imagine as being like, like kind of fuzzy looking things that are in various degrees of distance away. And then there's a thing that's like you're working on that is in sharp focus that you're just getting to through and you're, you know, you hone in on it and then you set it aside and you look in, you look out into the distance again and you see which one of the other fuzzy things is the closest to getting a little bit uh, sharper. And then, you know, if you're, if your enthusiasm matches up with that, cause you have to go where your enthusiasm goes or else it's going to suck. So if you see the thing, you know, it's pretty much as soon as I'm done one thing, I know where my enthusiasm is going. And as if and then I just go in that direction primarily. And, uh, and then I just knock them off. You know, I'm just like got two or three things cooking. You figure out which one you're the most enthused about. And if that lines up with it starting to become a little bit clearer and you kind of reach critical mass with it where you've got enough in there, you've got enough parts and enough things and enough songs or enough whatever it is, that you, whatever it is, whatever the nature of the thing is. You've got so all the ingredients are in there and you feel like it's possible for you to put in like a big um, push to get it done, then then I just hone in on it and I block everything else out.
0: Did the writing for this new Killer Be Killed album come at a quicker pace this time around because you all knew each other this time and, and you've worked together? Or was it still a pretty long process still?
1: I mean, it was long in the way that it it was long because of the amount of time that we had to take in between each time we saw each other. But when we were together, we moved really quickly. So, uh, you know, we started writing, I mean, there's stuff, there's some, it's hard to tell because there's stuff on the record that's from a long time ago, like one song on the record was, it's from like 2010. And then, uh, you know, but everything else was written kind of together. And. Those times were we got a lot done. So it's like we we get together for two weeks, we get a shit ton done really quickly, but then we don't see each other for another five months. So uh but in those five month interims, I wouldn't even listen to the stuff. Like I wouldn't you know, I just I, I just sit at the side and I go, We'll do work on other stuff, you because know, 'cause you'll just drive yourself crazy listening to something that you can't actually work on at that moment because you can't see the other guys for another five months. So what's the point? You know, you just do what you do, sit it the side, come back to it later. When we got to a point, you know, point where, okay, we've got 11 songs. Absolutely. These are the ones that are going on the record. We're definitely at a point with them structure wise, where if we got in a studio, we wouldn't be wasting our time and money. Then you book studio time and you, you know, you, you get it done, you know, and you do the same thing that I was talking about before, where you, you go into the studio for two months and you don't think about anything else. I don't think about other bands. I don't think about solo stuff. I don't think about the Black Queen, I don't think about whatever else is happening at that time. You just get in there and you block everything else out and, and then you, you get, you know, you just get
0: done. You're becoming increasingly more involved with the visual side of Federal Prisoner. Was this something that you always wanted to do or right. did, did, did you kind of just fall into it?
1: I just fell into it. Like a lot of it had to do with Jesse too, you know. Like I feel like I've always been a creative person. When I was young, I was into visual arts too. And I just I remember distinctly having to sort of make a decision when I was young, based on the amount of time that I had that I couldn't really pursue both. You know, when I was a kid, I would I was really into like drawing and stuff too, and uh, and visual arts. And I loved film, and uh, I loved the idea of filmmaking, and I loved photography. Stop because music took over and i've you know i really just took over everything for me in my life in terms of passion enthusiasm and and i stopped caring too much about that side and uh for the last i don't know for the first 15 years of my professional career i had no real reason to care about that side i had nothing really spurring any sort of um or, or sparking any sort of renewed interest in it and then i think once I started we're doing the Black Queen and the aesthetic of that band was so visually um, more defined than something like Dillinger, and you know, I started, me and Jesse became friends and you know, we're really close. So, like, he's and he's a visual artist, and it, that just sort of bled into me. And and uh, really, you know, I, I've kind of behind the scenes like ran every social thing like I and there's nothing that come that on any band that I've ever been in that's ever gotten public visually that I didn't that I wasn't you know good through like any band's Instagram or anything that gets posted in, in visual form anything I've ever been involved in has gone through me and over time you just start to develop you know a little bit your aesthetic and your, your control you become more controlling of it you become more protective of it and you you choose to get more involved in it creatively, and uh, I would say, yeah, kind of around the, time, you know, I just started to get more back, back more into photography, more, and uh, you know, we made some videos together that were out of necessity, and they were really, I don't know, we had a lot of fun doing it, and it just kept on, kept on going. For me, it all kept on, like you know, what you have an opportunity as an artist to kind of get your fingerprint out there and every single thing that you touch, every single thing that you do, whether it's playing an instrument on your record or singing on your record or what kind of microphone you use or the tones that you choose, the the way that you, you know, filter or treat a, a picture that gets posted on your Instagram, the way, you know, what your videos look like, what your albums look like. Every single thing, your merch that you touch is an opportunity for you to leave behind an artistic fingerprint. And for me, that's all really important because one of my things I hate the least or hate the most is being misrepresented or feeling misrepresented or feeling that I missed an opportunity to kind of like leave my scent or fingerprint on something. And that's what, that's what creates your feel. That's what makes things feel like you and not like a product and not like a company and not like a marketing team is to really just get your hands on every single thing and, and develop your, your feel in every single way so that no matter what something sounds like, genre wise or whether it's different bands or different mediums, it still feels like you. And, uh, so yeah, that's uh, anything you release in any capacity is an opportunity for you to do that. That's not lost on me.
0: I saw the black queen, uh, back in LA at the union show and what you did with the black and white lighting. It, uh, <laughs> to me as a filmmaker, it's what filmmakers have been trying to do for a hundred years in cinema you did it in one night in LA in in a basement, essentially. <laughs> what like what films were were inspiring you as a youth? Like you, man. It's just it's so crazy to go to a Black Queen show <laughs> and see like what filmmakers have really been trying to do for a hundred years. Oh man, I don't know.
1: It's I, I I can't answer that question, man, because I don't really. I'm not like a. I'm not like a giant consumer. Like, and I, I hate. I always, when I was younger, I used to just bullshit answers to this and just say that I was into stuff because it's like people just want answers, and they. I would feel guilty for not being some sort of historian or something. I don't. I don't necessarily like absorb a lot, man. Like, I don't really absorb a lot of other people's output. I'm not like a historian. I'm not like a big deep diver of other people's stuff, and like, a, I don't know a lot about metal. I don't know a lot about the. You know, I'm not like a big. You know, cataloger or or, or, you know, historian of of uh, of genres that I operate in. Like, I don't, I don't like know much about. Like, I couldn't rattle you off a list of black and white filmmakers or photographers that I'm a fan of. Like, I, I, I'm just like an outputter. You know, I just like, I kind of just absorb what I absorb from like a really abstract, in, in a really abstract way, and then I just output and I know what I like and I know what feels good to me when I'm done with it. And then I just put it out, and it's kind of up for other people to uh, to categorize it or tell me what it yeah, that feels like this, and it seems like you were influenced by that. And I'm like, yeah, sure, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just do what I do, and I like the way shit sounds, and I like the way things look, and I know that they feel like me or they don't. That's really it for me. It's like, does this feel like me, or does it feel like when I look at it, am I like that's badass, or do when I when I write it, does I am I like that's how. I feel. Is this what I feel like? Is this is this feel the way I want it to? Does this look the way I, I want it to? And like I just know what what smells off to me and what is good. Like that that's really it. Like I know it's like anything else. Like you're dressing yourself every day. Like I don't care about like fashion in terms of like learning the history of it. And like someone might be like, oh, you're really in the you know kind of like military punk. Whatever. I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. I don't know. I just put these fucking jeans on because I like them and I like these boots and I like this beanie and like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I know, I know how I want to look and I know what feels good to me. I don't, I don't need to know the history of every goddamn thing, you know?
0: Well, you've got the pressing and distribution thing pretty down pat for vinyl and even for print materials at this point with Federal Prisoner. Can we expect you to try to tackle some feature films or Blu-ray releases at any point? I would love
1: to. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think... If there's anything off limits? Like Jesse and I have talked about that for a couple years now. Talked about you know trying to make maybe doing uh, some sort of longer form uh, like art house type of film. And uh, it's just you have to wait until the spark is there. You know, I'm not like I've all anything that I've ever done that I feel has been worthwhile came from a really natural starting point. Like it came from like a point of just it just showed the excitement just showed up, and it wasn't like you chose it like a project or, you know, I didn't choose to make a solo record. I, I didn't choose to write a book of photography and poetry or whatever. Those things just happened. And I just got out of the way of them and let them happen. And, you know, it really, it just comes down to don't tell yourself that you're only, don't tell yourself you're the guy that woke up yesterday. You're not, you're not that guy. You did do all those things. You did do all the stuff that you did over the last 40 years, but you're not that guy. You're the guy that woke up today and you're the guy that's going to wake up tomorrow. Because at one point you were a kid and you were not a guitar player, you were not a singer, and you didn't make music videos, and you weren't in five thousand bands and you didn't like you'd created all that stuff. You did all that. And you did and, and you didn't do it. And if you'd told yourself that you were only the kid in kindergarten, and that's all you ever were, like you would never have done those things. And and you if, if you told yourself that people would think it was audacious and preposterous for you to go pretend you're some singer guy, pretend you're some guitar player guy, like who are you to make music videos? Who are you to play bass? Who are you to write you know poems and take photos it's like no i'll do whatever the fuck i want so if i have the enthusiasm for something and it lines up with someone else that i'm working with and we both can point that enthusiasm in the same direction at the same time naturally then that thing will happen so i do think on a long timeline uh that jesse and i it will do some sort of longer form film and that uh type thing and i i i i can tell just in conversations that we have that the seed of that is in there it just has to it has to start to grow naturally and like i said when i started writing songs that became the solo record i didn't know i didn't sit down and go time to write a solo record for so you know sometimes for strategic reason i just was writing songs and they didn't fit in anything that i had and i wrote enough of them that i was like i oh, guess this is a solo record you know so i think uh you know, you just get out of the way and, and don't define it. Don't, don't tell yourself, you know, don't limit yourself to what you've already done and, and, and let the adventure continue and it'll take you where it needs to go.
0: When you were having ideas in the early days, how hard was it to like get them across? Cause didn't you have to go through like a thousand people at the record company to like get anything done? Now you can just release a psych tee on in September and fucking it's like you don't have right. to go through anybody now.
1: Well, yeah, it's great because we can operate really freely. And even when I look at something like the leak of my record, that record leak would have been uh, just an enormous ordeal to get everything like to pivot. If we were attached to like a record label that had a ton of moving pieces, you, you cannot pivot quickly ever. You can't get anything done quickly ever. And, you know, I have friends that are in gigantic bands and or bands that are wrapped up in like tons of heavy management and labels and there's 8 million people on every email and it's a fucking nightmare it's a nightmare to get anything done if you want to move quickly in any way whether it's like making a shirt and putting it out releasing a song deciding that you want to do something on the spur of the moment changing your mind about something last minute like which i do all the time or 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 uh kind of just fly by the seat of my pants last minute about things a lot and uh make really last minute choices about things. And, uh, you can't do that when you're operating with all these other people and all these other people's money. And there's 8 million people and every day. They, they like to have everything planned out and scheduled. And if you tell people that the thing you were going to do next Wednesday, you're actually going to do today. It just, like it, it won't happen. They, 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 they like 30 people need to be on these emails and it's just, everything sucks. So like, you know, when I, now that we have something that we can, I can fully control and can move quickly with like, there's nothing I can think up and do that just won't happen. You know, if I, if I want it to happen and that's, that's really freeing, you know, sometimes it's exhausting and there's times, you know, for killer, be killed, for example, when I'm really happy to have people at nuclear blast uh, that do things that I don't feel like fucking doing. And like, but I, but I know enough about it from this end now that I can, I'm aware of, Everything, like if they told me something wasn't possible, I would be like, no, it is. You know, I'm aware. I, it definitely is. I've done that already. So, you know, figure it out. So you can be a little bit more aggressive with people once you've done the, all the things. You know, once you've had your hands in every aspect of making a record, you, you can kind of heavy hand the, a label situation if you're in one because, you know, they can't fucking tell you that. They can't tell you what's not possible or what they can and can't do because you could be like, no, yes, you can figure it out.
0: Well, speaking of the leak, is this making you approach release dates in the future a little bit differently? Have you even like thought about how you're going to release stuff now because that happened, or do you think that that's just mm. a pretty rare thing to happen?
1: It's very rare. This, yeah, I mean the, is, you know, he was on a press list and a publicist that uh that was the first person in 20 years that she's had on her list leak a record, so it's super rare. Now everything's watermarked. Everything is traceable immediately like we we knew the name of the guy, the publication we knew that within 10 minutes of finding the source leak so i don't it doesn't to me like i just i'm not gonna let that change i i'm happy to adapt if something if there's a problem you know because there's no such thing as a problem there's only there's the, the problem is you not being able to, and so the rain's not the problem you're in a, your inability to change your plan is the problem so i'm not I'm just gonna do what makes sense for each release you know there's times when releasing something you know surprise, doing a surprise release uh, not having like a long lead and not having like a preset release date is would best serve the output and then and would best serve the situation of and the climate of uh, of releases it, it, you know and there's other times where having a long release time and having a a release date that's fixed set in the future makes sense so you just kind of do what makes sense for the individual release and uh i don't i don't i'm not i would never change my plan based on like a potential variable like you don't yeah you know, it's like saying that you're not going to make a plan to go on a picnic because it might rain it's like well if just you know just make your plan and then if it rains fucking figure it out
0: I read that you spoke to Mike Patton when you were coming up with Federal Prisoner. What kinds of advice did he give you? And were you grateful to, like, have somebody that you could go to like that?
1: I'm friends with, you know, a lot of people like Mike in positions that I'm a fan of but are now, like, peers of mine that kind of, you know, have been Are in a lot of situations that I can pick their brain and they kind of like big brother me a little bit because they see that I'm one of them and they are happy to, you know, and and you pass that on. And I do the same thing for other people. Like there's other people that I kind of have that role with. And like, you just keep passing it on. And, uh, you know, he's one of those people for me. So I, you know, when it was, when it came time to really, I was kind of on the precipice of not knowing what to do with, uh, with it. and, And, uh, this was before my record even this is when kind of during right when we were getting ready to do infinite games with the black queen uh i you know i had lunch with him and uh i was just like look man like i i kind of want to do this thing i've got the i've got i've got i can kind of see it you know because you have to be able to see it for me i have to be able to see the purpose of it for me like i need to really see it and feel infused about it for me to do it like i can't do it like i'm I have an inability to do things that I'm not excited about, like genuinely. Like, I don't care if it makes me money. I don't care if it's going to be advantageous to me career-wise. Like, I just won't do it. Like, I won't, I just won't show up. I won't, I won't call the person I'm supposed to call. I won't do the thing I'm supposed to do. Like, I just will not do the thing unless I'm genuinely excited about it. And uh, so I needed to kind of find my, 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 uh, I need to find my motive, you know, for, and and find my inspiration for Federal Prisoner. I had it. I had the name and I had the idea. And you know, Jesse was really excited about it, but I just—I still wasn't like—I wasn't like. "Fuck, man! Like, I don't know if I feel excited enough about, you know, the the what, what's the purpose of this for me? Like, why not just self-release and just have that be enough? Like, if we're going to do another Black Queen record, why not just self? Why not just have it be an island unto itself? And you know, in the future, if I do a solo record, which I wasn't even thinking of back then, but just hypothetically, like you know, it, with anything I do or not have it just be an island unto itself. And now I look back at that and I'm like, that's a dumb train of thought. That's so stupid. Like, why would you even think that would I i did not I just didn't see it. And, uh, you know, I talked to Mike and I'll, like, you've been in every situation uh, to man. You've been on major labels, you know, you've put out big sounding records on one the little indie labels and you've put out, you know, and then, and, and you formed, you know, Ipecac and done stuff on Ipecac. Like all that being said, like, uh, Give me some pros and cons as to, you know, cause he, he had been at this point, he had been at the exact point. Like he, you know, when, when Bungle, where and Faith and War ended and Bungle was kind of on, you know, over at the time. And right before that first Phantom Mouse record came out, he had exactly the same situation that I was in where he had the first Phantom Mouse record and he didn't know what to do with it. And Ipecac didn't exist yet. And he was kind of shopping it to labels and kind of talking to some people and thinking about self-releasing it and all these other avenues. And then he performed Ipecac and now they're, you know, they're, they're here. They are 20 years later or whatever. And I was like, Hey man, I'm kind of in the same spot. And he was, you know, pretty much with zero, me and Jesse, both, we sat down with him and, and uh, without pretty any, pretty much any hesitation whatsoever. Like, I, I would never forget it. Like he was just, uh, it's just like, do the label thing. Don't ever, you'll never go back if, unless you, you'll never do anything else unless you fucking have to. For some reason, you know, like like there's some other label out there that might be better for something you're doing, or maybe you need an amount of resources that you, for something that you can't figure out how to get without making a deal with someone else. But like, once you do this, you're never going to go back and they don't, and it will create, uh, and when you form it, you'll understand. And then suddenly it'll make sense. And you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be like, Oh, now I can put out this and now I can put out that. And you'll become more passionate about record making. You'll become more passionate about owning your shit and you'll become more passionate about you know rights and percentages and all these things that you're you're already intolerant of from other labels or else you wouldn't even be thinking like this. Like once you go down this road, you know, if you build it, you know, build the house and then you'll you know, you you'll, once you once you have the house, you'll want to buy furniture, you know. And uh I'm gonna do it. We have the same publicist as you know, so like you know, uh Monica who is my publicist over here in the U S like she's, you know, been patent publicist for a long time. she you know, told me the same thing. She was just like, look, you do this federal prisoner thing. You're going to see it as soon as you, as soon as you call it what it is. And as soon as you get it going, you're going to see it and you're going to see the purpose of it. You just, just do it. And, uh, I still wasn't fully sold, man. I still wasn't fully sold. I still didn't feel it fully yet. And they were both kind of built it and called it what it was and got the thing out into the world. as like, this is a thing. There's no going back from this. I immediately was excited about it. And I immediately saw what it was and saw how I, you know, it, it it got my enthusiasm going. And now I'm all about it. Now I'm like fucking super all about, you know, releasing records and I'm super passionate about artist rights and and uh, it, all, and everything everything to do with indie labels and I'm independent businesses and independent ventures and I'm just like it. Just yeah, it should fucking it has definitely changed my uh, whole. My whole, my whole shit up is giving me another creative outlet. And, and for Jesse and I, like Jesse is a person that to me – I'm sorry I'm rambling here. But Jesse's a person to me that like if I met Jesse in a different capacity, our relationship would have produced like a musical collaboration. Like that's the kind of – we have the kind of relationship that if you meet someone, you're like, oh, we're going to keep – we're going to do something together. We're right, but it's Not just because we're super good friends but because our tastes have – such overlap that it's obvious that we're going to do something together. And we just wanted to keep doing shit together. And like, that's kind of what federal prisoner is. It's just his, his and I's collab creative collaboration that, that happens to be a record label.
0: Well, speaking of taking things into your own hands this year, you just start making music videos during a pandemic. And when this airs, there's going to be a big announcement of a live stream. Can you, can you talk about this, the live stream during the pandemic? Just, Oh yeah, getting right. getting yourself out visually during this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did a bunch of videos for the Black Queen too, so it wasn't new like videos for Fever Daydream and stuff back in like two, I don't know twenty fifteen or so. And like, uh, yeah, like it's just something creative. I mean, I I enjoy art and being creative, and like it was making videos was something that was, you know, Jesse and I like we just kind of do it out of like necessity. We wait until like three days before we've already committed to a premiere. And we have nothing, and then we just. <laughs> this is true. Sometimes it's like 24 hours before. Like I think a pair of questions was like 24 hours before. Like there's times when it's been like you know we're up editing at like 6:45 in the morning still, and we're supposed to email a file to someone at seven, and like, that's kind of just the way we've operated a little bit. But uh, with the, yeah, the live stream is uh, already announced by now, and uh, it's called Fuck Content and it's coming out on december 11th and yeah i i was again i was resistant to doing one of those two um i kind of was just like oh, i'm not going to do any of that kind of stuff i'm going to wait until touring comes back and just going to uh you know you can't you can't you, you can't the feeling of being in a room and, and watching a band and for a while it hit me a separate thing like an album isn't supposed to be a replication of a live experience. It's its own, it's its own thing, you know, and a movie isn't a replication of a play as more of a creative project that is a completely different medium. It's not replacing a live show. It's its own thing. So that's why, you know, J- Jesse and I went into this. It's like, let's not even think about this as like a virtual concert. That's ridiculous. You know, like, uh, let's just, you know, have it be, a a completely different medium and and have it feel more like a special that to me is what makes sense like okay this is what if you were to make a special or, or or something back in the 90s or the 80s if you would have bought a vhs or a dvd of a band that put something out there would be some live performance in it and some other stuff in it and uh maybe some you know new new things that weren't on your record on the record and just all kinds of stuff what can we do to make this some kind of exciting what can we do to make this a release like uh, that stands on its own not like you know greg plays songs at the fonda or wherever the hell someone would do those kinds of things like what can we do to give this a name make it it's make it an actual release that's that stands on its own and that's sort of how we've been we approached it
0: Okay, so are, is it just going to be like your solo stuff, like off the solo record on this? Or can we expect you to like delve into your other projects as well, music wise?
1: Oh, no, yeah, I'm only doing my own stuff. I'm not, i it's not like I want to whip out a Dillinger Escape Plan song or anything like that. Like, like, there's, you know, I'm not, I would never disrespect my other stuff by, by trying to uh, umbrella it under like it being just me or something, you know, I like, kind of like hate when people do that shit. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you know, when it's, yeah. Pussifer goes on tour. I would, I think it would be unsavory if they just busted out a perfect circle song, you know, I can't do that. But uh, yeah, I, uh, it's, yeah, it's a release. Like it's got songs on it from the record. Like there's a live portion of it where there's live uh, video and live audio and like, you know, playing the songs with, you know, the band in a room and, uh, and then there's other stuff, you know, that, that, you know, there's, behind the scenes stuff and there's kind of documentary stuff and there's making of a new thing, you know, which is kind of the crazy thing that happened. Uh, It's really, again, when I talk about moving quickly and being able to pivot part of that is because you have to be able to really just like follow the excitement. Like when something happens, it's an accident. You got to be able to just move into that. So we were, I was planning on, you know, doing this and it was primarily going to be live songs. And then while we were jamming, rehearsing for the live portion of it. I just started to write new stuff and started to write this new song. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll tack on like a little bit of uh maybe I'll tack on a little bit of this song. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll just tuck it into like the outro of like an existing song while we're playing it live or something like that. And then it just started to keep forming itself in my head. And I was like, fuck, I think we should just record a whole, I think we just record new stuff and just go into the studio like next week and record new, you know, completely new studio songs after we get done filming all the live stuff that we're doing. Let's just go go back into the studio and record more, and let's film that too, and let's, you know, have this turn into, you know, uh, the making of a song and, and uh, it, it just have it, just turn you know, more room with the band, and then this thing accidentally happened, and this is what happens when you have an accident happen and you follow it to its fullest potential and uh let's just abandon the plan completely and it's or, or elaborate upon it and change the whole thing and, and instead of it being just you know here's a live stream it's like no there's it's gonna morph midway through into sort of like a documentary of uh, and a behind the scenes of like the making of a whole
0: can we expect the same band the entire time or is there like back and forth between different uh between different members
1: no it's the same band the whole time uh there was a moment where i was just going to where there were going to be people hopping in and out. And, you know, there was a couple of different people that were going to play drums. And, and then it was just like, this is, it was just too much. It was just, it just seemed, it just, it, it just didn't feel the continuity would have been a little off and it seemed a little, it didn't feel right to me. And again, I have no real way of quantifying why it doesn't, it didn't work. There was no like logistical thing that happened or something that didn't line up. It just, it just, it didn't. I didn't see it. I couldn't see it in my head making sense the way that I wanted it to. And like, I didn't want it to feel like I, I needed. There needed to be a little bit of consistency to it in a way that, that I don't want people coming in and out. This guy jumps on the kid for one song and then gets off, and then another guy comes in and does this thing, And it's just like, no, let's just leave it. Let it be.
0: Well, speaking of Pucifer, did you use the same uh, like provider that they did and Mr. Bungle did for their previous live shows or live streams? I should say
1: no. Not, uh, we, uh, I, no, <laughs> but I'm aware of of who they've used. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what, uh, we're not, I'm not sure exactly like who, uh, like who were, like who were, who were using to host this yet. Like, as far as, uh, like all that stuff still being ironed out. Like I'm not, you know, I leave that kind of stuff to, uh, I've got a couple of people that are helping me like project manage it, you know, sort of thing. And I'm just like, look, I need to be left alone. It's like, I I put people in place so I don't have to do all of that kind of shit anymore. And I'm just like, I'm just, let me be just, I'm going to do what I want with this creatively and I'll get it to you, you know, and Jesse and I'll do all the creative stuff and I'll sort all that out. And then, you know, I'm hired, you know, project manager guy to, uh, you tell me what's going to be best as far as how we're going to host this and who's going to. You know be the best person to uh to to facilitate the release of it and uh yeah, from a logistical technical standpoint and then because i don't care about that kind of stuff you know that's, that's like they're asking me who's going to host your website like i don't i don't know i don't care like it doesn't matter to me you know like to whatever one's going to be the best at doing it is that we can we have access to that's what i want so you you let me know you know
0: well, keeping on the visual realm, MetaVision got to see you show off your acting chops and paired you with what I can only assume is a big influence of yours, David Yao. How was this experience? That was
1: cool. Like, I didn't know uh, the director kid. He, had, I, It's funny. I had just watched his – he did, like, a documentary called – or not – yeah, a documentary called Dead Hands Dig Deep. And I had just seen it, like, the night prior. Like, life is full of these weird little synchronicities that, that kind of happen and, and let you know you're – on the right path. So I just watched his documentary. Uh, and like the next day, like he had, he got in touch with me through um, Drab Majesty, who is, well, I guess a mutual friend and uh, of both of ours. And, you know, Drab hit me up and he was like, Hey, this guy, you know, his director, Jai Love wants to uh, get in touch with you about doing something in this like little short horror film he's doing. And David Yao's is involved. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yes. You know, I just saw his thing like last night that's really bizarre like uh like because i didn't even know the guy's name i didn't know his name so i was like i looked him up and then i'm like holy shit he did the thing i just watched like like within the last 24 hours i'm like that's weird and i don't like watch a lot of stuff so uh i, I was like yeah cool tell him to hit me up so hit me up and then dude again, we fell again things happen in such weird long timelines i filmed that like a year and a half ago so that was filmed like like maybe like june or so of like 2019 and then you know now it comes out to just stared at that horror you know it was cool like I, I it's not a stretch for me to you know obviously i, I don't know if you saw or anyone saw it. i stab a guy to death and so uh that's not that so much of a stretch for me from an acting standpoint i didn't have to do a lot of uh i didn't have to do like a heavy dramatic speaking part they they're basically just like you know do you want to fucking stab someone to death <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, it's like the second or third time I've, someone's asked me to kill someone in a video. Uh, I was gonna know, say
0: like, the, the the whole drab majesty thing. So <laughs> well, I was, yeah, like, the drab
1: yeah. majesty thing. I'm like a member of like some kind of cult. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and then there's a retox video where I beat a guy to death with a bat. And they're like, All right, I don't know. I'll just you know, I'll just roll with this for a little bit and, and see how many see how many I can string together in a row. Or my only my only role is to be some sort of murderous you know figure
0: oh is there anything is there any other acting gigs that you have filmed or that you've had talks about maybe being involved in in the future
1: there's things that have that are there's things that have materialized in the past that didn't happen that couldn't happen or didn't happen or kind of got stuck in like development limbo that were that were, that were more extensive like longer bigger like parts and things that were that would have been like a more of a major release that, that didn't end up happening. That, but I'm always, like I said, I'm game. If someone someone asks me to do something and it sounds interesting or exciting to me and I have time to do it, uh, I'm I'm down, you know? Like, so, uh, but there's nothing right now. Like, I'm so clogged up right now with uh, with music stuff. Like, having two releases come out at the same time is not something that you would plan, you know? So, like, behind the scenes, that's been, like, a lot of work. Not just to get them recorded and done, but, like, to get them released and to facilitate the releases of them and to be like I said, when you're micromanaging over every single part of everything, it, it's like a, it's a lot. And then, you know, from for pretty much all of 2021 it's, I, I'm like locked up now. Yeah. Like, I'm like a pipeline that to or just got started and like earlier about like fuzzy things in various degrees of on the horizon like there's a lot of those right now that are just kind of like in some amorphous uh, fuzzy shape that i need to kind of like start figuring out i need to start honing in on them and and uh and and knocking them off you know um and i i can't really it's hard for me to commit to anything else until i start to start to chip away at those a bit but yeah i mean i'm lucky i'm fortunate Uh, i've got enough stuff kind of lined up already that like it's going to take me into 2022 without even, you know, but just talking about releases not, not even talking about touring. So I'm fortunate, you know, and the, and the more you do, it just keeps, it just keeps happening. Like you just keep lining stuff up and like, you just keep having these burners that are off, you know, something simmering in the back and then it comes to the front. And by the time that thing comes to the front, there's some other new thing in the back. And it's like fucking time and time it just keeps going and going and going. And then you look back and you're like, fuck it. Did all this shit? Yeah, I don't remember that.
0: Well, I know that you're a big basketball guy. Do you at least get some time just to go shoot some hoops with Jesse every once in a while? Yeah. Still?
1: Yeah, that's kind of one of the things that we do to, uh, to to like just get out of work and away from your phone and away from your computer and away from uh, you'd be present in the moment. Like my favorite things are things where you can be present in like a millisecond to millisecond. Uh, way. And the, the way, you know, I think that's what people get out of things like surfing. You know, whenever I talk to people that are really into surfing, that's what they're, they're really into that for. And, uh, that's kind of like Jesse and I go play basketball and it's because you can't think about anything. You can't like, you have to be really present. You know, you have to, we play aggressively. We play one-on-one and we play, we cut, we really kind of go at, go at each other. And, uh, you can't, you don't have time. You're just like in the moment and, uh, it frees your brain. It's meditative, you know, to, uh, I, you know, I re, I, we both run a lot too, and like running is another one. It's like you, aside from like getting you getting endorphins and f- kind of physically exhausting yourself, which I I love doing. I just love pushing myself as hard as I can in, in pretty much any area. But like, as you know, it's besides that, you're present. You're you're you don't you can't not be present. You know, and uh, you can't sit around thinking about work, and you don't have time to talk about it, and you can clear your head a little bit, and then when you come back to it you're fresh and you don't feel like you're just grinding yourself down. You got you to make time for that stuff. Whenever you think you don't have your work, you can get burnt out and they talk to people that are getting burnt out. They always tell you, that you don't have time to do that stuff. You're like, you got to, you got to find something that makes you present. You just got to do it. Take an hour, take two hours and do it. And they're just like, I don't have time. Like you, what happens is you do that thing and then you, and then you end up moving so much faster in the thing that you were working on that you, it benefited it. You know, you didn't detract from it. You didn't take away from it. It's not, you're not taking time away from work to go do that in a detrimental way. You're going to end up coming back to work way, way fresher. And with, with you moving at a way better speed with a higher caliber of output that it's, you gotta, you gotta make yourself go do those things. And anytime I think that anytime, you know, cause Jesse pushes me and I have a tendency to like, I'll lock up fast. I'll lock up easier than him. Like I'll lock up and kind of just get like, work 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 more than he does and he's a workaholic too but he'll push me and be like dude tomorrow basketball we're going and uh you know or joshua tree we're going we're going to go to joshua tree eat a bunch of mushrooms and like, okay 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 and like i i'm the one that like even up to 10 minutes beforehand i'm going to call out be like no can't i can't do it today man i got to do all this work and uh whenever i override that and go and do those things uh it ends up being really beneficial and then i'm end up you know coming back and being a lot fresher anyway so you got to make yourself do that shit
0: did you find it hard the last year with everything happening just the political divide in your country was it was it hard to drown that shit out and just focus on your work yeah yeah
1: yeah it sucks the first thing you think of every day i can't the political thing the coronavirus thing you know it is what it is like i don't we're not we're not all you know, the first couple of weeks were weird because you don't know exactly what it was. And you're like, oh, is this it? Is this the end of the human race? Are we all going to be just dropping dead any minute now from like this crazy, you know, thing? Or, you don't. Know, and once, you know, once they kind of realize that like, you know, it's not going to go down that way. Like the stress from that has, I mean, it sucks. You know, look, there's things that suck about it. Like every day it's like, but it's, it's manageable. the, the, the election political situation and the, kind of just state of the country in general in terms of the amount of work that we need to do on so many different fronts socially economically sociologically like uh, and and every single thing that's kind of happened you know with the riots and like the election right now and the fact that we're still there's we're still stuck you know with it and like obviously you know biden won and like trump's going but like he's not going willingly and the way that he's de- digging his heels in is threatening our, the entire, our entire thing. It's threatening our entire democracy and it's causing, it's going to cause long standing problems and long, it's going to open the door for more, further erosion of democracy going forward. And like, you can't not hear about it. Like I'm not a big, I don't wake up and like turn on the news and deliberately barrage myself with it, but you can't not be, if you're a socially conscious person, you can't not be stressed out by this stuff. And like, you can't not, have all these alarms going off in you and you can't not check up on it and check in with it. And then when you talk to your friend, you know, or, or th- that's one of the first things that comes up. So it's like this really loud background hum that's happening at all times. And, uh, it, it's going to be, it's We got a long time in front of us. It's not, it's not like that. It's not like Trump's going to get out of office and everything's going to be going to be great. You know, that's the, that's how we got into this predicament to begin with. We thought everything was great. You know, we had a, you know, a, a black guy in office. You know, we have gay people getting married. We have weed starting legal everywhere. Everything's great. It's not not great. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of discontent. There's a lot of shitty, backwards ways of thinking. There's a lot of economic disparity. There's a lot of, you know, police brutality, unlawful imprisonment. Um, you know, problems with education. Problems with you know healthcare. There's all these problems. You know, and there's a lot of people that weren't feeling heard and that didn't have trust that the political system was working for them. And that's how, you know, we ended up with a game show host, a con man game show host in our, in, in office anyway, it like was because a lot of people, not just, you know, fringe weirdos that believe in Bat Boy and like the National Choir and conspiracy theories. It's not just those people. It's a lot of people. And like, we have to, figure out you know you got to face the reality those people are all still going to exist their feelings are still going to exist whether or not the conclusions that they've drawn are correct or not or the reasons for why they feel the way they do are correct or not they all their feelings are still there and the way they feel is still there and they're still there and their ideologies are still there and that's we've got a long road ahead of us like and and we've got a lot of shit that we have to deal with that has been brewing since the civil war that since the confederacy uh ideologies that are being passed down systemic ways of operating that are being passed down that were never gone. They just didn't have a name anymore and they didn't have someone validating them anymore. And now they're out for everyone to see and they're not going to go away. Like they're going to, it's going to be a decade plus more than that of trying to get this, you know, to a, to a place where we don't end up being a failed state or a failed nation experiment. And, uh, it, you know it's just going to be something we have to live with we're going to have to live with how loud all these alarms are and live with the fact that if you you know that's just the result of us not dealing with it before so you know uh, I don't find it to be difficult to be creative it's just like I said it's like there you just deal you know you, you deal I'm not a person that gets my creativity from uh, from, my, from the outside you know so, like, it all comes from, from inside. So I don't, you put me in a different room, put me in a different, Change the wallpaper. I'm not one of those people that believes that if you go to a cabin in the woods, you're going to somehow magically write some other thing. Or if you let, you're in some destitute environment, you're going to write some other thing. It's like it's coming from a new, you, you know. Just that's, that's going to happen regardless if you're a creative person. But it, it is outwardly annoying. It, 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 I wouldn't, it's not even annoying. It's just present. The, the, the noise, the volume level of everything wrong in this country is very present
0: well i am curious. Do you think that people are doing enough, and do you think that the uprising on the streets are actually leading to something, or do you, do you think that more needs to be done frankly, right now, not over not even just the next decade, which it does it most certainly does, but should people be more present right now? do you think
1: well, I think that I think that they are becoming more present, but it 's not like an overnight thing you know it's like you the generation z. Is uh, I feel like it's been really beneficial for them to see the train go off the tracks in at a very formative time in their lives, so that they can not become as apathetic and they can become a little bit more hands-on than we were, and that you know, and Generation X and Millennials were, I think, checked out for a large degree compared to what Generation Z is going to end up being because they the the train went off the tracks in front of them and uh, while they were on it, and they don't they they know, I think they're a little bit more. You know, tied into people that aren't from this country. They're they're they 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 grew up with high speed internet. Like, there's a lot of things they're going to be able to accomplish a lot that we could accomplish. And uh, you know, you, just even things like seeing the voter turnout this time and, and in general, like everyone's getting a little bit more engaged. People are starting to understand that if you fall asleep, at, you know, at the wheel, you'll end up hitting the warning strip. And then you know that that might not happen next time. You might go over the warning strip and run through a fence and fucking kill yourself. So you. This has been like a real wake-up call, and I think it happening, you know, we were all distracted. Everyone was distracted by constant entertainment, being able to go out constantly, uh, having endless a barrage of input and movies and social media and music and stuff and entertainment distractions and like, no, then you could sit home. Then you're sitting home, and you have nothing to distract you. And it wasn't suddenly that everything got worse. It's that suddenly people became aware of how of what was happening and what was already going on in a way that was not avoidable. And, uh, I I don't think that there's any, you know, things, uh, the only thing you can do that's immediate is to raise awareness and stay engaged and not check out again and not decide that you're just going to, you know, completely become non-involved and, uh, and, and unaware and not informed. And you, you have to, you, and not, you have to stay intolerant of, of things that you should be intolerant of and not just give up. And I I think that, you know, we have a system in place here where you, where things can change and things can, uh, you know, you can vote people out of office and you can, you know, vote new ways of operating and thinking and and existing and into play. But in order to do that, you first have to intercept people's ideologies and you have to, to make people engage in the process. And you have, you have to, people have to believe that their individual voices can combine into a collective that can be heard. And then they're not all just futile individual voices that, that, that on a large enough level, you can induce change and you can create the world that you want and you can create the society that you want through engagement. And the people have to believe in that first, you know, so that's, that's step one. And I think that this is at least the catalyst for that. You know, there's certain conversations that we shouldn't even be having, anymore we shouldn't even talking about abortion we shouldn't even be talking about global warming we shouldn't be talking about healthcare. we should not be talking about education it's fucking ridiculous it's 2020 we're talking about going to fucking mars why are we talking about abortion why are we talking about civil rights why are we talking about higher education as if that's not a, a good thing for everyone to have why are we talking about a fucking baseline of healthcare as if that's not a good thing for people to have like what the fuck like we need to like like that's like enough man like people need to like like, we shouldn't be having these fucking discussions anymore. It's embarrassing. It should, it's fucking embarrassing. Like, we should be fucking embarrassed to the rest of the world. Like, it's not fucking funny. Like, it's not fucking funny to have Trump in office. It wasn't fucking funny to have Reagan in office. That was 40 fucking years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it's the fucking enough is enough, man. And like, these fucking kids that are seeing this shit right now, they have, they're, the, th- thankfully, they're waking up because a lot of the shit is, it's just not enough for weed to be legal in one more state. You know, it's just that it, it fucking enough, man. We, you, we It used to not be illegal. You're not even getting something new. You're just getting something back that you already fucking had. You know, like fucking it's just all of it's so alarming. It, like the fact that there's still people talking about climate change, the fact that we just did. You know, we, we just rushed in some gargoyle fucking Supreme Court justice that fucking, you know, has these prehistoric fucking fundamentalist religious beliefs. That should be grounds for not being allowed to be elected. You know what I mean? That should be grounds for not being elected. We shouldn't have a fucking fact checker for a president. Like the first time something serious, the first time they say something that's blatantly misleading to their bosses, the public, they should be fucking disqualified eliminated it shouldn't like there's a lot of things like people need to become military militantly intolerant of shit because we don't have fucking time anymore to debate whether or not global warming is real or whether or not abortion should be legal it's like get the fuck out of here it's sorry i'm getting fucking part of it get the fuck out of here with that shit like we are out of time for it and i think you know people need to fucking stay, keep their wits about them and stay woken up now because, you know, the the flip side is that when all this coronavirus shit's over, we are going to have like a roaring 20s again. We are going to have like this time period where it's going to be fucking spring break for like five straight years and people are just going to want to go out and party and not think about shit. And you should. You should go out. And you should fucking go to shows and you should party and you should have fun. But, but you can't have that at the expense of staying engaged because we're at, we're at the fucking junction now, man. Like we're not, that's it. Like we don't have any more time.
0: Does the youth excite you then? And to see people like AOC come in and like, and try to say like, you guys are so fucking archaic. This shit needs to end. And we need to end this shit now. Is, Is it giving you hope that young people are like trying to fuck up the system?
1: Yes. Because you, we've, people have been nice for too long. Like people have been trying to like, play the center for too long and not piss people off for too long and that's not how you get shit done like you need to see someone pissed the fuck off for you to leave and be like why is that person so pissed and then you and then you think about it you learn about it and you're like oh you know but if some guys are smiling at everyone and shaking everyone's hand and trying not to piss anyone off and think nothing's wrong you need someone to come in hot and be like no this is wrong you're an idiot don't come at me with that shit that's wrong you know it's wrong get the fuck out of my face with that that's what you and that's that, and that's what aoc is doing that's why she's pissing off all these old people is because they you know she's not playing their game hopefully she doesn't end up getting beaten in the submission by the time that she can run in you know she because i i'm guessing that you know she's going to come in you know probably eight years from now and and uh win overwhelmingly you know she's a fucking superstar so uh you know she's that's pretty promising but um I mean, yeah, but we have a lot of, you know, there's a lot, it's hard for young people to get away from their parents' ideologies too and their parents' belief systems. So, you know, you look at a lot of places where education is really shitty and a lot of places that were old, that was the old Confederacy, which is only four or five generations old, uh, those, those beliefs. They only lost the war. They lost the Civil War, but they didn't, it's not like all the beliefs went away. They just lost the war, so they didn't have a name for it anymore. But those ideologies have been systemically passed down. They're ingrained in different systems. They're they're, and they if you're a kid your primary influence is your parents and if you have a school system that sucks and you're not getting taught properly you're not getting cultured and you're led to believe that Europe and Canada and everywhere else that has you're you know you're given these blanket statements about socialism sucking and capitalism being great and it's like they're like you are it's like there's no such thing as pure capitalism or pure socialism anywhere like you're you're just led to believe when you live you know, in these places that all these other places are just like rotted out socialist hellholes, but like that's because your fucking yuck yuck parents have never left your fucking neighborhood and they've they've never been to fucking you know any of these places. They're just repeating these bullshit lies that they they hear on you know whatever right wing news station they listen to, and they all sound great in theory. That's why these people keep believing them. They're just yeah, I don't want anyone taking my hard earned money, and I don't want immigrants coming and taking my job, and I don't want it's like all these things that if you're you know not that smart they're like oh that sounds that sounds you know that sounds sound you know that i wouldn't want someone doing that to me either i don't want to lose my heart or money either like and like you just start they, they just parrot these things that on paper sound like they make sense but they don't make sense that's not how things work and you know you gotta you gotta get you gotta intercept these ideologies at a young age so i do think that young people now have been intercepted you in know in enough of a way to jump start some sort of shift that uh should have frankly started you know it's like that's why they're obsessed with the 90s too it's like the dream of the 90s kind of just petered out you know over like the uh last 20 or 30 years and i think it's kind of like picking back up now like this kind of like activist show of social awareness you know social justice we're gonna change shit we're gonna you know and, and, and for whatever reason it just didn't happen and people got complacent and, and uh 9-11 happened, and, like, everyone just got thrown off track, and then, like I said, we've got Obama in office, and, you know, for what, regardless of what, you know, Obama was, was cool for, for obvious reasons of, like, glass ceilings breaking, you know, for people of color, and, uh, that was inspiring, but ideologically, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, just a centrist, just too, you know, it wasn't too much of a difference between a Bush and an Obama, it was not, not a whole world difference, man, it's, like, different, 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 different costume, you know? And, and uh, like I said, it breaks certain ceilings from, uh, uh, you know, racial perspective, but he didn't come in super hot, you know? And, but you look at people now, like you look at someone like AOC and like, you know, look at how much fucking, how much, you know, people rallied behind Bernie. And it's like, I think people are starting to wake up a little bit now to, uh, the idea, that, like all these things that people thought would be a really bad idea it's like you know maybe uh, maybe having good education for everybody isn't going to be the worst thing in the world you know or maybe having billionaires, you know, not be able to become trillionaires isn't the worst thing in the world you know like these are things that are like we shouldn't be talking about this why are we talking about abortion why do we why are we talking about God still in politics you can believe whatever you want to believe but why are we you shouldn't be electing Supreme Court justices to life terms who are fundam- who have fundamentalist religious beliefs that are in direct conflict with being able to make reasonable choices for constituents. Like, it's not like, come on, man. Like we just, it's fucked, dude. We're going to get left behind. You know, like I said, trying to get to Mars, dude. Why are we talking about this still? You
0: know? I, I think what makes me happy is that like guys like Eugene Debs in the 1910s and twenties were essentially the Bernie Sanders of that day. And the young people didn't really realize what he was doing. And, and it kind of got squashed it 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 is refreshing that the young people are gravitating to what Bernie and AOC and everybody is doing now it it's It's good, and it's it's good that people are finally waking up I think
1: The other thing that I think is important and that this is a, this is something that I think that the left does wrong uh that I want to say is that it's important that you're stupid because that and that's a lot of the problem with progressives in general is that they're going to get together, you only speak to other people that are progressive. And you kind of just act like the other guy is stupid. And you say, this guy that believes this thing and this other thing is an idiot. He's not an idiot. He just doesn't – he hasn't been exposed enough to something to change his mind. Or he's too old. He's never going to change his mind. But these people aren't dumb. Like they're not dumb by nature. They're not stupid by nature. And the last thing you want to do is make them feel – like you're some elitist that's looking down on them and calling them stupid because that's what they already feel. So when you go out of your way to make a big scene and act like the, that, like your fellow neighbor is your enemy and that your neighbor is the idiot, he's not the idiot. Like the idiot is the person who is in the position of power or in a position of influence. Like that's the enemy that, that, that is that is that is that is falsely educating that person and misleading that person because most people – whether it's right or wrong, we'll just go where you point them towards and they'll believe what you show them as evidenced by all the Trump shit and how many people believe all the infinite lies. They don't even care whether or not it's just... But they don't even care whether or not you can prove it wrong. They'll just keep parroting it. Even if it's it's provably wrong, they'll keep going. So, and and you could easily say, oh yeah, that's because all those people are fucking stupid. But that's not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Like, even if you think that way, just don't fucking, like, you gotta like, Deal with the actual, the actual place that the information is coming from. Figure out how to intercept that on the way to those people. Or intercept those people, you know, at a young age to before they can get hit with that, or take down the systems that are spouting out those incorrect, you know, ways of thinking or you know those backwards ways of thinking. You have to, those are the enemy. You know, that's not, not not the person that's at home believing what's put in front of him. Like, that's your neighbor. That's the person that you're on the same team, whether we like it or not. And if we didn't, you know, we're lucky. We're lucky that we're not divisible easily by north and south or east and west right now, territorially, because if we were, we'd already be in a civil war or we would have already split into two countries. The only reason we haven't split, and the only reason we're not at war is because the coasts and little pockets of progression are bookending the middle and the South and peppering in, and there's people that have progressive beliefs living side by side with people that have, you know, all these other, you know, archaic beliefs. If they were easily divisible by territory like they used to be, we'd already be fucked up. We'd already be in civil war. We'd already be divided. So that's the only reason that we're not. So like, you know, just the, just the fact that that's true is fucking super alarming, but it's also, it's, that's that's what makes us difficult that's what makes the united states difficult is that we've we've got a lot of people and we've got a huge amount of leftover from from the confederacy and from you know pre-civil rights movement and old ways of thinking and and you know we started our whole country based on like you know this idea of freedom and individualism and all those things are still good you know freedom and individualism is still good but you know we have to get a little bit more into the idea that it's not an all or nothing it's not all or nothing you know it's not just purely individual versus communal it's not purely socialist versus capitalist like there's there's a way to make this work for everybody and there's a way to uh to take and there's a way to move forward and, and honestly there's, there's only one way to do it now like we can't we have to get to the you know a, a modern way of operating and, and modern ways of thinking and modern social structures and economic structures and and in uh, and governmental uh, structures, and we're just not there. And we don't. We, like I said, we don't. We don't have time to be nice anymore. We don't have time to fuck around and and act like being a centrist is the way to go, and not pissing anyone off is the way to go. Like we, the, the time for like intolerance is
0: right now. Well, I want to bring this back around to music, just to finish this off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, hey, I'm so fucking. I never hear you talk about politics that often. That like, dude, it yeah. gives me goosebumps that you open up to me, and it fucking means a lot. And I'm right like, on. I'm so happy about that. But I, cool. I yeah. I'm curious yeah. because I am a fan. Mm-hmm. Is it, And I don't know if you even know where it's going yet. But would you say that the next Black Queen ideas are going to be more like an EP, or more like an LP in your mind right
1: LP. now? LP, hundred percent. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, there's album number three is already underway. So. That is uh, one of the things that's in in play right now, and uh, Steve, you know, and I, Steve, you know, is Steve and I have always been the primary drivers. So like Steve and I are just starting. It took, you know, I was wiped out. Honestly, I didn't see the solo record coming. So when when Killer Be Killed finished, and I immediately started writing, I thought that I was going to start writing the Black Queen record, and that's just not what happened. And I ended up writing the solo record, but it was really depleted me to do that and the Killer Be Killed record back to back. And I just needed. You know, some time, like after all that and like, you know, to uh, to kind of regroup my uh, my uh, the well, you know, I needed to replenish the well a little bit. And uh, I'm ready now, like to to, uh, you know, I've got new creative stuff coming out of me now and it feels fresh. and It feels exciting, not just for Black Queen, but for other stuff, too. And uh, it's all starting to move. And the Black Queen thing is definitely I I I would say it's a near certainty that twenty twenty one is there's gonna be a third black queen LP. For, like I can't I can't imagine something so there we would have to hit a real unforeseen hiccup in the creative process for a third black queen LP to not happen in twenty twenty one.
0: That makes me fucking so excited. And I can't wait to, <laughs> I, I can't wait for you to get back on the road. Like
1: Yeah, me either. Well that band too is like, you know, to me that's a band that I you know we want to like be able to go out and go on tour and uh, you know, we were, uh, it doesn't even make sense for me to like, I, I, we, you know, I can do killer be killed and not go on tour. I do my solo stuff and not go on tour. And those things I could pepper in, like once everything comes back, but I would really like the black queen LP to come out and, and not have touring be a year and a half away at that point. Cause we kind of under toured the other records. So like I, when, when we get like, a, you know, the third LP out, I'd like to be able to actually like spend a little bit more time, like on the road for for that band, so we'll uh i'm guessing I'm guessing second half second half of uh i mean it's not we're not going to get it done in time for first half of twenty twenty one but i I'm, I'm, it's a near certainty that second half 2021, one third third black queen LP.
0: if this live stream goes well in december, uh could you see like a black queen doing a live stream as well or like even killer be killed any other live streams coming up just to like occupy the mindset of people and just like to to, to keep the the live hope alive for a lot of people.
1: I cannot talk about those things, my friend.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, it is beyond an honor that you came on here today. You are thank seriously, you for me, man. dude, you're seriously one of the most imp- important people working in music. You've thank impacted you. me. So I, I just want to thank you so much. It really means a lot.
1: Radical, man. Well, yeah, I'll see you uh, when, when all this is over and i you know, hopefully talk to you. I'll uh, talk to you again you know, uh, maybe after like the next release or something. Uh
0: yeah. Hope hopefully you can come back on next year, and and we got even more to talk about. Thank you so much.
1: All right, brother, take it
0: easy. Thank you for listening. Make sure to catch Greg Pucciatos Fuck Content out December 11th. All the information on that stuff is going to be in the show notes. So check that shit out. You want to get fucking pumped up for that live stream? track that you heard a pair of questions can be found on greg pucciato's child soldier creator of god album available now the second song that you heard filthy vagabond can be heard on the killer be killed album also available now that album is reluctant hero and this concludes our broadcast day